Hey guys, I'm Aditya Yadav and you're listening to The Sound Report. In this podcast, I speak with some of the most talented professionals in the movie industry about the various production and post-production aspects of sound for films. Being a sound designer myself, I have always been curious to know how other sound designers and mixers work. And this podcast is just an attempt to explore the art of sound design further. So whether you're an industry pro or just starting out, I hope this podcast packs a little something for all of you. That being said, thank you so much for joining and let's roll the intro. What's up guys welcome back to the sound report podcast brought to you by syncandpost.com you can listen to this podcast on anchor.fm spotify google and apple podcast if you like the podcast and please give it a five star rating and leave a review it'll only help the podcast grow okay so episode 3 it is i've been waiting very eagerly for this day to rise my guest for today is one of the up and coming sound designers in the country Starting his journey in film sound at the prestigious National Film and Television School in the UK, he then moved to India where he worked on some of the biggest names in the industry, from Amir Khan and Farhan Akhtar in the East to the Wachowskis and Peter Weir in the West. He has worked with these filmmakers in different capacities. His latest film Gully Boy has been making some serious noise both in the theaters and on the streets for over a month now. And today I'm talking to the man behind the sound of Gully Boy himself. So please help me welcome Mr. Ayush Ahuja. Welcome to the show Ayush. Hi, happy to be here. So before we start deconstructing the sound for Gully Boy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, just a quick glimpse into your origin story. So I guess sound has always been sort of a part of uh something I've wanted to do because it, I mean like most sound designers I started with music. uh i play guitar mess around with pedals first time you plug something in you start you know tweaking stuff around and that's kind of what sets you off on your journey uh that's sort of where it began for me as well just messing around with tape recorders mini discs you name it um and then i never really thought i'd get into film sound or you know production recording or stuff i was uh more interested in music uh and you know just managed to stumble across uh film sound i think um i'm i'm not exactly sure when that happened uh i originally also studied engineering so was very very much geared into the whole tech side of you know audio um but at, i think there was i and i was always dabbling with music and you know all my friends were musicians and stuff so it was that crossing over to the other side of you know on the other side of the microphone in a way which side you want to be on and yeah i was just just suddenly stumbled across sound for film when i just i think i read about it or i might have even just seen a mixing desk and thought wow because you know big big harrison console was just like that looks pretty cool i wonder what we can do with that um and that was like sort of the first time i really thought about doing sound for film So you mentioned that you studied in the National Film and Television School in the UK, right? Yep. How did that help you take your next step in film sound? You know, how instrumental was it? Uh it helped incredibly. So I mean, I 
like I said, the NFTS was my first real step into film sound. I hadn't really done much film sound. I was more into sort of audio engineering. Uh, and when I applied to them, that was, um, I mean, I was very honest about what my background was. It wasn't a creative background. It was fairly technical, but I sort of felt, okay, this is something I think I want to do. I want to try uh, working on this thing that is sound design. I'd, I'd never really paid too much attention to it. I thought that's quite interesting. Um, it So I, I did end up at the school very, very inexperienced. And um, I didn't originally get in. They Then luckily a place opened up. They got back to me and said, you know, what do you think? And I said, okay, uh, uh, I was lucky enough to meet the, the head of the sound department then and he was very very honest about he said these are your skills this is what you know this is what you don't know you know so you, you'll have a lot of catching up to do on that side I, I literally went there with nothing not knowing anything apart from you know all the tech stuff yeah. so it was an eye opener for me just working on projects uh, also it's a very hands on place it's it's very, very project-oriented uh, where you're, you're given feedback on what you do rather than nobody holds your hand and, you know, shows you how to do something. So we all know that finding a good mentor is instrumental in learning, understanding and honing one skill regardless of the field of choice. Yep. And uh, it's only fair here to say that you had one of the finest sound mixers in the industry to be your mentor. How did that association with Nakul Kamte come about? Um, so yeah, I think in 2007 I was back, back in Bombay, and I said, okay, I'm going to pursue this now. Uh, you know, finish my studies, whatever. And uh, yeah, somebody just gave me his number. Mm -hmm. I tried getting in touch with him, and he was obviously too busy to take phone calls, like I am nowadays. <laughs> uh, but finally, we, uh, I think, through somebody else who called him, and then. I uh, said, hey, this guy's trying to call you. He called me back. We kind of said, let's meet for coffee. Ended up going out for a few drinks. I just realized we just hit it off as as people. Mm -hmm. You know, him with all his experience and me with none. Yeah. But it was just this thing that even, you know, to this day we still have. Um, and yeah, and that was it. And then sort of after that, Tariz Aminpar happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sort of that was a project right up my alley because uh, I was more into those kind of films. So it was perfect. It was a perfect start for me on that front, you know, uh, to work on a project that you sort of emotionally connect with. And uh, yeah, I had a, a nice amount of time cutting the effects and, you know, supervising the Foley and uh, really working on sort of detailed stuff. And it was also a great in for me into what is Bollywood because I wasn't, I hadn't really thought about all those kind of things about, uh, you know, working to schedules, working to deadlines, working to last minute changes. And at the end of the day, what the audience wants rather than what your idea of something might be. So the way things work in the West is if you are working as a sound mixer on a film, that will essentially be your primary role on that film. And so is the case in post-production, where if you're a sound effects editor, that's essentially what you'll be doing. Um, but that's not the case in India. You initially worked on certain films where you had assumed multiple roles, where you were the ADR recordist, where, the, where on the same film you were the Foley editor, and sometimes even the production sound mixer. 
So how helpful was that process in shaping yourself as a sound designer? I think it helps immensely. I and it's also a very I I still think it's a very enjoyable part of sound to work in actually sort of where you can really you know you do a job by only focusing on 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 the details of a certain aspect like you know being a foley editor is one of the most fun jobs because when you you cut together foley you bring bring that character or bring that prop to life you're giving it a sound same with cutting effects cutting ambiences um whereas some often with as you know when you're a sound designer you're also sort of a supervisor you're one step back mm-hmm. you're looking at the broader picture and you're trying to get everything in get it on time get it on deadline working on dubs working on depends what you're supervising so i think i mean i'd i'd still love to do it i love like i'd love cutting foley is one of the most fun thing cutting effects ambiences they just make thing make you know make the scenes come to life and obviously dialogue <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've also worked in the capacity of a production sound mixer as well, right? Yeah. And uh, there must have been instances where you were the sound supervisor or the sound designer of the film on which you were a production sound mixer. Mm-hmm. So uh, my question to you is, like, how did you prepare for those kind of films where you were present on the film right from the production stage, and you kind of had like an overall control over the the sound of the film? How did you prepare for those films like did you do certain things in the production stage which you know were going to help you in the post production I just wanted to take a step back actually the first time I ended up going on set was again when I was back at at film school doing a film project and I hadn't again planned on being a production sound mixer hmm. uh I just found myself a little unhappy with the footage I was getting hmm. and um you know I thought hey why can't I go do this I have a, a a lot of times when I was asking these questions of you know the people I they were uh, they would say oh the director didn't want this or we didn't get time or you know that it was a rushed schedule we couldn't you know set a mic up there for this so and, and I'm talking about sort of just miking actors at times so you know there being a costume problem so I just thought hold on a second we if if I have a rapport with that director why don't I go on set and do yeah. this and so it it just came out came out of that uh, with you know on 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 some small short films i said okay let me try and do this myself it was completely whole new learning experience again you know uh and a completely different experience because when you work in sound post you're in a very controlled quiet room uh and, and i wouldn't say under as much pressure as you are on set on a 12 hour day of trying to get everything perfect Uh so I mean that was a start I found myself enjoying it but I also found myself uh found that I I I would get a head start into the whole designing when I was on set with the director and you're constantly in their ears and there in your ears you know you're discussing scenes you're also kind of safeguarding stuff where you know giving them a heads up if they shoot it this way you'll be like hold on a second what about this this is what's going to affect the sound design what if you're taking a shot of you know say something happening off screen like a car goes off screen and crashes into something and you feel okay in my head the timing of that feels wrong mm-hmm. because you're when you're as a sound designer you're designing it in your head while you're seeing the footage yeah so you know if you're on set you can give that heads up to director saying you know maybe i track in a little bit slower do it as a safety you know if if we have the luxury of that so that sort of heads up is really helpful when you're on set and doing the post i mean although i'm very envious of the west where 
you know the sound designer and the production sound mixer are two complete different departments so to speak they may not even meet at times and so the and the director considers both as important you know but i think here because they want a person to supervise something completely and see it through uh you know they want somebody right there from the script stage which is great and also on set with them i mean i found with directors they want me on set because they just want me there to tell them hey this will work this won't work let's try something else i need one more you know is that whisper too quiet <laughs> things like that yes yeah. so i think uh, i think that plays a major role because we are having a conversation before and you you mentioned um uh, your process on the film gold mm. where there was a lot of multiplication of crowd uh, through vfx but then it's impossible to get those many people in the studio and uh, would you like to discuss that process what yeah, i mean it's impossible film? to get those many people in the studio uh, but also it's just when uh, it's because of vfx we don't get that many people on set either so you don't shoot you don't shoot 5000 people anymore right you shoot 100 yeah <laughs> and you just multiply them which just means suddenly you don't you don't get those wonderful wild tracks of crowd that you right. used to um you know from say films from 10 years ago i'd say where you mm. shoot actual crowds um so that was an interesting process and uh, i on gold that's the other thing so obviously i was on set as production sound mix on gold and uh it was just something i stumbled upon that vfx was taking all of these you know these crowd multi, uh, crowd plates and of course that they were taking crowd plates every single day as a a second unit at times when there was crowd and we just ended up recording every single vfx plate and uh you know cheers single lines people cheering for india people cheering for england people doing hail hitler which was really helpful and so ended up with a massive sort of library of small crowd reactions which we then kind of in our own way multiplied you know using things like sound particles which is really exciting since mm. it was new at the time for yeah. me so jumping right to our film mm. when and how early on did you get involved um this might come off a little rhetorical but what made you gravitate towards the project what was your take away purely from a motivational standpoint um so i was called on to this project quite late in the day um i started around october i'd say or maybe a little bit before they called me up and said have a listen uh, have a look have a listen tell us what you think uh these are the deadlines you know because the release date was set there were also some festival uh festivals they were looking at um and I mean the first time I watched Gully Boy my initial reaction was just the acting was incredible. Uh the performances was just I mean they were sort of so dynamic, you know. And it was and and then of course the music part of it was very exciting. Uh I was very excited that Ranveer has done everything himself for one. Mm-hmm. Um and just hip hop. I am not a hip hop fan so to speak. I mean current day hip hop I I really like all the old school stuff but it's not my choice of music and after watching this movie for the first time my reaction was like this is going to do something for hip hop in this country this is going to do what like I think Rock on 1 mm-hmm. the original Rock yeah. on did for rock music you know suddenly there was a distorted guitar in every bollywood theme tune <laughs> it was just yeah. like it was in place and I remember watching this film going 
hip hop is here man this is this is going to do it you know um yeah so that instant reaction when i just watched an offline cut and i was just like wow so what was the brief zoya gave you going in i'm sure she had specifics given how sonically and visually distinct gully boy is um it's pretty well versed in the language it adopts to communicate with its audience i mean so the first thing we really did was as soon as they had the cut in some shape i think as soon as they broken it up into reels so i mean i usually start quite early um even before the cut is completely locked but when it was in some real shape because zoya wanted to work on reels in terms of we used to usually look at one or two reels a day when we used to have a spotting session um i mean in terms of the language of the film it's all i think zoya's had it in her in her head from script stage and it's been shot with so much space for sound in that sense um so it was just about setting up each scene and what her ideas were for sound um and what i mean she was very clear in what the sound would be doing for the scene and also very clear in what the music would do for a scene so you know i knew where to back off and you you know like the opening of the film is a bold musical opening it's meant to be that way and then you get into sound this idea of handing over all those ideas were quite set by her in in you know during her editing state and uh, so she was fairly clear about what she wanted um dramatically you know to make the film work to make each scene work um and otherwise other than that it was more about just you know sound especially on a movie set in bombay which i mean it's a city we know so well there's a lot of geography you establish with ambiences and obviously class or wealth or whatever you know slums or quiet apartments or whatever so that was a case of just setting all that up there are notable differences between the ambiences in mc shares chawl and murad's chawl mm. um one's a predominantly marathi neighborhood while the other one is muslim yeah was that a call taken early on to separate these communities that each one hailed from mm. also did you end up recording a lot of original sounds or was it mainly like you know a lot of library sounds that we used um no we recorded most of it um actually pretty much all the slum ambiences were recorded we went to dharavi um for a couple of days so uh udit duseja was the sound effects editor and he joined me Uh, and we did a little tour of dharavi which uh, one of the production guys was kind enough to take us on because he knew everybody in that slum uh so we yeah just walked around uh, you know observed what happened in the slum in in the mornings early in the morning late at night uh all over interiors exteriors anything we felt that was interesting also just activity in the slum sort of to set the time of day you know how so the mornings was all about water pumps and everybody's filling their water uh and you know afternoons were quite calm it, what was surprising was there isn't much silence in dharavi i mean it's it's busy till i remember waiting till around 2 am and it didn't get quiet it was there was still lots going on and uh, then sort of i remember the boys telling me after 2 it's like yeah quiet for 2 hours and then from 4 o'clock all the you know bakeries or whatever yeah. or even the south indian guys will start setting up again for their morning sort of duties so it was quite interesting to do a do a walk around dharavi you know we spent a good two or three days doing that it helped just soak in that atmosphere and just you know apart from just recording these ambiences just ideas just you're you're just absorbing everything 
just listening and going, oh, that might work really well for a scene like this, or you know, or the other way around, um, you know, looking for specific sounds, you know, having watched the film, going for this scene, I'd really like, you know, but we didn't really. I don't think we established. that much that you know it's a muslim community i in in sound it's we haven't really used like an azan in in the slum at all apart from that the visual shot of them going because there was so much visual of you know them going to the mosque they go this i think two shots two separate scenes of them going to the mosque but we didn't really use the usual sort of azan and stuff i mean but it's it's all the subtle stuff i mean like the fact that there's a goat tied outside right, right? it's a very subtle thing and you're like okay that I mean, but then that it, again it was established visually i mean in the in the in the production design in the you know props or whoever handles the animals it was all there it was just like this palette waiting to be put up and with uh, shares chawl again we went to the actual place it's close to mahim station um and um yeah i mean in fact we there's one woman off screen there's a seller i can't remember what she's doing but there's this we recorded her voice and she comes around that place in the afternoons you know so which share stuff it was actually um again fairly real and you know we 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 recorded a lot of off screen marathi tv and stuff going on from that exact location so it worked out really well so what's your usual recording setup on such field recordings uh, uh so i have a number of different options i'd say Um, on something like this, when we were in the slums, I used uh, I have uh, an ORTF set of M- MKH eighty forties. Use that for a lot of wide ambiences, but I'm also a big fan of sort of using MS. So I have an MKH thirty on which I can either use you know a forty or a fifty, and that was really good because it. Uh, I read this I mean, years ago. There was not years, but maybe six years or something. I think Tim Nielsen or somebody or Will Files, uh, you know, they spoke about using MS as LCR mm-hmm. and not as stereo, putting it as LCR, uh, and it's incredible. I mean, it's technically there was a lot of argument about it. If you read, find this page and read all the comments, but if you when you map it onto left, center, right, it just fills perfectly with you know there being so much enough weight in the center. So I tend to record with both when I have the time because one gives you the width. Mm-hmm. Of you know like cutting to an exterior, you want wide ambiences, but MS gives you that option of having something in the center, especially on uh, you know like a dialogue film set in Bombay where there's mm-hmm. a lot of noise on the center channel anyway, so you need something to cover it up and ju- but also to add some sort of uh, substance to the sync track, you know. To um, there's that, and then obviously there's uh, um, you know I have a handheld Sony recorder which I. Use and carry everywhere. D one hundred. Yeah, I used to have the D fifty, which is not working very well now. Um, other than that, I mean, I have a from sort of my location gear. I have like a couple of DPAs, and I've just gotten some of those UCs, the USIs. They're like tiny miniature mics. Um, that's just great. I mean, the DPAs are great for using on plant mics, on cars, right, and yeah. things like that, or just. Or just uh, hiding them in places, you know. Even you can put them on your bag and go for a walk. Correct. Um, yeah. That kind of stuff. Because even with a handheld recorder nowadays, people look at you. Yeah. Especially if you've got a big furry on it. Coming to the crowd recordings, um, I think they sound very natural and are well woven into the scenes that they are placed in. Mm-hmm. And we hear some callouts and shouts at very specific moments. Uh, one such scene which I'd like to touch upon is a scene where. 
um i think this happens initially in the film where murad is sitting outside in the balcony and he's writing a poem and you hear this couple fighting in the background and i think that kind of complements the state of mind that murad is in so was this a brief that was given to you going in or was it something that came along the process no it was a, it was completely a brief it was a very specific brief given by zoya um when i first watched the film obviously there was nothing there there was just a a temp voice over and mm-hmm. you know this shot of him scribbling into his book um but her whole idea was that even you know even at night you don't get any respite from in this place you don't get it's difficult to gather your thoughts it's there's always you know there's, there's it's just yeah it complemented his emotion um and yeah it was just it was one of the first notes she gave she said listen off screen couple should be fighting and sort of so i took that note and went ahead and uh during the crowd dubs just recorded a couple of options and i i think the first one we did just worked out really well and then once we layered that in with you know the dogs off screen there's a couple there's some mice you know running around like there's some squeaks uh we 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 layered lots of options because the slums uh, you know it, it's very it's open to experimentation you can use trains you can use you can use an aircraft i was desperate to use an aircraft in the film but we didn't find the exact moment because the whole dharavi the flight path you know um but we ended up going with this and then once obviously once the background music came in it just sat beautifully with it you know and when uh we got murad's voice over done it just everything just sat in very nicely in the mix so it worked out quite nicely So that's a good thing you talked about Murad's voice um because Ranveer's character is pretty low in terms of speaking the first quarter of the film and uh, he sounds more confident when he's out in the like you know he's there in the warehouse with uh with the other rappers and he's more confident in all the rap battles and all and the one thing which came to my mind instantly was like you know I when I thought of this I thought of the location that the film was shot in and uh, dharavi being so noisy and recording uh dialogues which are spoken so low um all i could think of <laughs> was the dialogue editing process like you know the process of cleaning those tracks that came afterwards so do you want to talk a little bit about that process like you know how the cleaning process went and how much production audio versus how much adr was used in the final film so i mean i'd say it was there was a fair amount of adr possibly maybe 50 50 but my first first pass on all the dialogue was to get through what we have see what is usable and also see what we can replace with other takes um i was lucky enough to uh, be given this software called kraken k r a k e n kraken uh by this uh new software developer called Marx uh, and he he put me on as a beta tester and it's something that's very useful for putting your location tracks into as a library and finding all your all takes very quickly it's he, i think he's finally put it out on sale now um it's just incredible i mean i wouldn't start a project without it now uh and that using that was really helpful as well and uh, so i had niranjan rasne as a dialogue editor and sort of he he came on board the first pass was literally just making sure we have everything we need in you know in sync from the sync tracks or marking stuff out or replacing it and then also going through our various methods of what can be achieved in the cleanups 
the performances on this on this film were amazing and i didn't really want to adr stuff and you know usually with with dubbing the this the stuff i find difficult to dub is you sort of the soft tender moments um so like you know we dubbed a fair amount of hip hop and the rap battle and stuff that was fairly easy to do because it's a performance in its own it has a tempo meter whatever but you know the scenes of either breakdown or uh, you know when murad and uh, safina are together in their room it was very hard to uh, we had to try and make the sync work so i mean it was uh, it was hit and miss with every every uh, scene really trying various methods of what will sort of make it work and also i mean your biggest fear with um it with with you know scenes that are fairly low and whispering uh but with performances that are sort of whispered is do we have enough for the cinema you know it's that big fear do we have enough will it be heard because it's such a tender performance but will people get it you don't want that reaction from the audience that you know it's a very fine line if you keep it just about there it actually makes the cinema shut up and everyone pays attention but if it's if it's too underplayed then people might you know what they call popcorn noise will destroy it so i mean it's it's a tough one but it was a uh, lots of trial and error lots of learning yeah so the two scenes that come to my mind are the ones with uh, ranveer and alia in the bathroom mm. and uh, the one between ranveer and uh, vijay verma in the police station and those two scenes like you know they are pro- like you know they're so dialogue driven and uh, at the same time the the locations in which they are set are allowed mm. but then uh, in the final mix they don't play out that way mm. you know more stress is given on the dialogues as opposed to the ambiences and um, as a re-recording mixer i think devajit changmai did a brilliant job in making sure that the ambience and the dialogue levels are balanced in a way where um where you hear the ambiences only when like you know it's necessary they are they're not overplayed mm. we want to talk a little bit about that process yeah i mean it was a really it was um it was just a great team effort i think yeah, um you know sort of so i mean in the mix usually it was me debu uh nakul was on board as the music supervisor but so that meant for the month of the mix he was with us uh and you know both the uh, associate mixers rahul and then raju as well and then uh, you know from time to time niranjan would drop by sit in the mix see what he thinks since he's got the dialogues into you know he knows them very in case we've missed something so there was a lot of um, there was a, a a good amount of sort of discussion which was nice uh you know what do we feel about this what do we feel about that and then once zoya started being with us every day she was very clear about where to where things should be going dramatically so that kind of input was very helpful um yeah because i mean often as a sound designer you you ten, you can you can make things to sound heavy um also when you've been working on you know a film for 2 months you know the dialogues by heart and you can you can underplay them without realizing because you're a little bit more excited by the sound design by uh you know it's it's one of those things when you get to the mix it's like you know painting with brushes you know broad okay. brushes yeah. not like one detailed number 0 brush or whatever that's called um just how does the scene work you know this way how does the scene work okay what if we you know pull everything out of it because that just makes it intimate so i mean that yeah and obviously things got even clearer once you know the background score started coming in 
it's just it's one of those things when you're waiting in the mix for everything to turn up and then every layer that starts coming in we're like okay this works okay this works i mean it's the same thing with queuing music you know is the music starting at the right point um but yeah i mean zoya was very clear about her dialogue and the dialogues were beautiful they were i mean the words the writing with what they've done with with uh, vijay morya as well amazing true and in some scenes like the off screen use of dialogue is done really nicely yeah especially the scene where ranveer is breaking up with alia and uh, he's he's on his balcony and he's just looking around mm. and like you know i think that um gave you like that opened up the possibility to use uh, off screen dialogues to kind of like you know support the sound design yeah i mean again that was an early note from zoya saying you know in this in murad's house we want to hear his house his family members it it you know there's a couple of scenes from the opening when he wakes up and there's you know chaos downstairs because he his father's resetting the whole house uh because his you know he's going to he's marrying a new wife yeah so you know you have to create chaos uh then on the scene you're talking about when he's breaking up on the phone there's just this idea that murad is not alone it's it's just a it's a very subtle thing but it's just it enhances the fact that he's looking around and then you know walks out to the terrace before he loses his shit yeah um just it, it was again very early note that was given to me saying we need to establish that they live in this tiny room and you'd really have no privacy zoya akhtar and reema kakti co-wrote the script for gully boy and um, what i want to know is were there any differences between the kind of opinions that came from both of these writers um in regards to like you know certain dialogues which went in the crowd recording or like you know the specific call outs no so with with sound it was pretty much zoya um i mean i know reema obviously came in during the edit stage during the picture edit but for sound it was zoya all along do you mind talking about the dialogue editing process like right from the stage when you got the omf i pretty much conform all my tracks it's the way i've been doing things for a while now uh why i do it will have to be another podcast <laughs> completely but it's i like linking back to the original rushes and i think it's completely non tedious now so it's very easy to do um it just means i get all the metadata i get all the notes i get all of the tracks um so that's usually the first step of doing anything is um uh i get an aaf from the editor but it's only there for reference i we conform everything back from an edl i use i use uh edi load to prep everything up and make my sessions and then you know i mean pro tools has got so much more inbuilt uh so many more inbuilt functions now so you, then you just use what what's called field recorder workflow to just expand everything up uh so that was the first step and you know following from that was a case of obviously how are we going to use you know the sync tracks what's going to work well um and just sort of workflow wise you know how should we uh go about um you know making this edit work together so my for i think the, the most time consuming part of uh the dialogue edit is finding your all takes finding a better take because you can just go endlessly and that's where you know the software mentioned called kraken was really useful so that was our first step um watching a scene going 
oh, can we get a better word for that or a better line for that? Or, uh, you know, that's a wide shot. Um, can we get a tighter shot? Will it sound better? They've used the wide shot in the edit, it's off screen. Can I, is the performance the same? Is there something on a tighter shot? Let's use it. Let's try that. Lots of just, you know, trying to not get into the technical side of the dialogue edit, just making the story work and making it even, not making things jump out and obviously making sure every word was uh, understood really. You know, there's, there might be a car on on a line. Sure, you can clean up so much nowadays, but so much faster if you found a good take already. It's there, you're done, you're happy, you know. Um, so that's sort of step one. And then step two, once we're happy with the dialogue edit, was getting into the whole cleanup side of things, getting into picking mics or going with two mics at times. I found on this film, I had to do a lot of multi-mic stuff. Um which is where sort of nowadays there's just so many amazing plugins, you know. I mean, I'd start off, like the first thing I do on everything is use this thing called Absentia, uh, which the guys at Tordeo make, which is just like the best hum removal in the world, I'd say. Um, they've also just, on their new sort of firm, uh, I mean, on their new uh, update, they've also got phase matching, so it auto-matches everything. But on this project, I was using um, this plugin called Auto-Align Post, by sound sound radix. Uh, again, just you can have three mics and it just puts them bang in sync. And it's dynamic, so it changes from sample to sample. So it just meant, you know, on places like the the, the rap scenes in the warehouse where you've got everybody kind of saying stuff. And at times I, I wanted to have that option to move between mics because sometimes when you know, say Murad's character was shouting at another character, like the other rapper. The other rapper's mic sounded better. So when things were all lined up in phase, like a like a good, you know, almost looking at it from a, a like a music recording, like it's a multi-mic recording, yeah. but it's all perfectly in phase and in sync. Um, and you could just mix between all of this. So there were just lots of different approaches. And I mean, following it, following on from that is obviously the cleanup. And cleanup is one of those endless jobs. Uh, and with a number of different tools. I mean, obviously, RX is yeah, is the savior. Is the savior, and you start with it. But there's there's lots of I find lots of different tools useful for different things. So for, obviously, for sort of the broader stuff, you know, the Cedar is the best. RX is new modules are amazing for like Russell and the dialogue isolate is something that was just we learned how we found a different way of using it, which is very interesting. You know, just to enhance uh, sort of fundamentals um, and yeah I can't remember I just I, I try I mean like I said it's worth trying two or three methods with everything um, also I don't generally like to clean up before I've got some idea of what my ambiences are because you can over clean stuff and I didn't want to damage the dialogue too much um, so I mean in scenes where we did pull back the ambiences in the mix I did redo scenes because I was like okay now I need to pull back uh, the noise on the center channel as well because we've you know made it very intimate so I mean that was our basic dialogue workflow obviously once the edit started to change again conformalizer was very helpful in recutting everything for us it saves so much time and once you've got that set you know it's not a headache so you had a fair amount of ADR on this film right yeah and uh, Ranveer's process was particularly very interesting and what he used to do at the dub stage. Well, actually, 
all of I, I mean there was a lot of ADR to do and I was worried because the performances were amazing but I was blown away by the the energy of the actors in the dubs you know I think I think Ranveer and you know Siddhant who played Sher they like all of them were already sort of I'm I'm sure they'd been practicing so much because of all of the sort of rap that they had to perform in the film so they were already in that in that zone but in terms of getting uh, sort of you know in the drama in the dialogue scenes they were just so into it um and so willing to sort of recreate things for me even just tonally you know it's not just done sitting or standing they would they were happy to set up differently for every scene you know like ranveer would be sort of uh, lying down on two chairs when you know there's a scene in the car with kalki which we had to dub uh and he pretty much set him set up self up exactly in that posture and you know and we just uh set the mic up and it just sounded the way it should uh we also ended up using a lot of radio mics for uh dubbing because it just matched the sync track uh we dubbed with obviously covered ourselves with all the mics we needed but in the mix what matched the best was just like you know uh a cos 11 because that's what was used on shoot and that just helped so matching the dubs was a major issue and then getting the performances with each and every one with bidalia with kalki just sort of they were really really good at uh recreating their um, you know recreating what they had done on the day which is the hardest thing often you know because it can come out so lifeless at times so one other thing that i'm really curious to talk about mm. are all the rap battle scenes how much of it was used from the production track versus how much of it was dubbed so i mean that was completely redone all of the the so the rap battles in the the auditorium was redone we managed to rescue all of the rap battles in the warehouse sequences and keep them live but the stuff that's in the auditorium the um, the competition so to speak was all redone um yeah and it was a tough job but it was amazing i mean all the all the hip hop i mean uh, the the rappers the the mc kubra even the judges you know just came in and did their bit um it was it was difficult to recreate it was already a challenge because the energy was going to be different um and just a lot of trying to not keep it you know get the performance right but also not keep it clean uh this whole idea is that you know it so i mean we dubbed i mean we used the sm58 on everything we dubbed with a lot of different mics as backup uh but the sm58 just sounded like it was correct um so that really helped um obviously we ran that through i made this whole signal chain to sort of create this whole loudspeaker effect and uh, then to add to that obviously i had to redo lots of crowd stuff and did you record these people individually or did you have them all in a group performing together just like the way they appear on the screen um both so i did a crowd pass on it uh just a general crowd pass and then uh so there were these two boys who were on shoot as well with zoya uh, one's called mc altaf and the other one's called rahul piske rahul piske is actually the guy who beatboxes when murad you know goes on mic for the first for time for the first time yeah, yeah so that's him so they were with her through the shoot i think as sort of dialogue supervisors 
and they were just incredibly helpful for all kinds of creative input in terms of dialogue anything off screen anything somebody would say how someone would react uh to you know share rapping or you know what kambhari says so how are we going to react and just to try to create these different kind of groups in that auditorium of like you know kambhari supporters or supporters of shahrul yeah uh, you know and come up with sort of like words and you know just make it feel real uh, it was amazing they just helped a lot and then he sort of so they then came in with their gang called i think they're called the sat bantai <laughs> the seven of them who were, there's a shot of them in the in the film as well in that india 91 song and they did like this complete pass for me with lots of single lines of just reacting so that was just that was that's the top layer you hear in the um so did you guys sit together and spot the film so i usually do my first pass my spotting pass is just okay i need background crowd i need foreground crowd mm-hmm. meaning but do i need a rapper crowd or do i need you know your general dub crowd so that would be my notes and then um for crowd it's um because obviously i'm not going to be able to write the lines i needed the boys there to write the lines so it was just a mark saying we need something here and zoya would also be there with us for the for when we did the 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 top layer crowd you know mm-hmm. with the rappers so there was this immediate sort of uh reaction to anything we were recording and she'd say it was good or you know they'd come up with something or maybe he should say this there was this whole idea of keeping it light and funny as well um you know because there is a lot of uh sort of give and take in these kind of even in the rap battles it's not like it's not you don't always react at the end of every verse you re- reacting in between you know people will be saying stuff so all of that was really helpful to try and build that during the um, rap battle competition so i noted that nakul kamte serves as a music supervisor on this film and uh, <laughs> that's a very intimidating credit to have right <laughs> especially in a hindi film well so it that was interesting because um, so what he serves as is supervising music editor and engineer that's right <laughs> <laughs> longest title in show business um no, so actually it was interesting because uh, we realized that on on bohemian rhapsody as okay. supervising music editor so i was like okay that's a great great uh, credit you know and he he said i wanted to be engineer so basically he i, I mean he came on board on the last month of the project um and his thing was just that to take the the two track mixes so to speak and you know make them sound amazing in in the 51 in the theatrical mix because we weren't what we were getting with this from the stereo mixes we weren't weren't really sounding as amazing in the theatrical for you know various reasons so he started off uh working on the stereo first on just getting the stems out he actually but he ended up doing a couple of stereo mixes on the cd as well because they sounded great um and then he just worked with a couple of the artists uh getting the stems out in the right way um before bringing them into the uh, bringing them into you know the the 51 mix and then sort of he then and from then on he sat through um the mix till the end so he was always there you know we'd do a song and then maybe we'd move into a scene so we were just handing over um he also then took on uh the whole sound of the music for the film so to speak which was really great to sort of have somebody on board 
to work with. So I could focus on, you know, dialogue, ADR, ambiences, effects, foley, and that that side of things, and he could just focus on uh, music and uh, you know background score. So he was. It was great to have that. Get have him on board, and we were just bouncing off ideas, you know, because obviously when you're working long hours, there's a lot of fatigue. As you can overdo a lot of things. So, uh, you know, we'd split the day at times and work together. It was great. So I'm going to jump back to the process of sound editing for a second here. Mm. Um, could you talk a little bit about your team, like who you had as a sound effects editor versus who you had as a dialogue editor, and how did they go about the process? Yeah, so um, I had uh, Niranjan Rasne as my dialogue editor. Udit Duseja was my sound effects editor. Uh, Foley was handled by Vijay Ratnam in Chennai at the Audioville and his team, who I've worked with on Gold as well. Um, and I was kind of running across everything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, right at the start of the film, I knew, okay, listen, we, we're going to have to do a, a fair amount of ADR. Let's figure out that. I'll have to be at the dub, so I'm not going to be able to spend as much time cutting effects, maybe. Um, you know, it was just serious amounts of planning. Because scheduling actors as well, you can imagine. You you might have two months to work on a film, but, you know, rest assured, you, you your dubs will be in those 10 days at the end. Because that's when the actors are free or whatever. Else, there might be, you know, in terms of picture lock uh, and other issues. So, so that was the basic team. Before, before, sort of Nakul came on board for on the music end. This was the sound team. Um, before we reached the mix, and uh, yeah, that's how we started off. Started off pretty much just Niranjan and me, because I, I, you know, I, I wanted Udit and Vijay to wait until we had some sense of picture lock before right. they get into detailed stuff. Uh, but obviously, Udit and I did watch the film, go to Dharavi, go to, you know, where Sher lives, and just. Spend, you know, use our time gathering all our, all our ambiences, use our time. I spent a lot of time with, uh, on dialogues, just finding out what is good, what is not. What Are there any wild takes? Are there any ambiences? What is usable? What is not usable? And also, uh, I, I find in that first month, there is a lot of trial and error in finding out what method works yeah. in shaping the, the film, you know. And I think spending time on the actual location also kind of helps in the process yeah just to just to hear what the actual location sounds like no completely it does it's it's like a sense of inspiration also you know just like you start getting ideas suddenly true 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 um so talk a little bit about the mix because i know you guys were on a very tight deadline and uh because how elaborate the sound edit process was like i'm guessing you had very little time for the mix and uh in that short period of time as well, you were able to pull off a, a very good sounding mix. So it was, I mean, we had we had a fair amount of time for pre-mix. And then, as usual, you're waiting for everything to turn up. You're waiting for picture lock to happen. Because, so I generally tend to start early. I, because I think at least what I've done in the first month before picture lock will be of, you know, really good quality at least. So the, at least what you're starting with. What makes the final picture lock is a, you know, different story. But whatever you get out of it is, is you know, will be really good. Because as you move along, things are getting more and more complex. Everything is coming into the mix. So, I mean, for our first few reels, we, we started the pre-mix before picture was locked. Um, but I sort of, I, I mean, I use conformalizer for everything. 
um the first thing i do on any project by the way is do a workflow test um it's my like the first meeting is to go and meet the editor or the assistant editor or whatever get them on board say these are the things i need send me some ideals send me a scene recut the scene send it to me again so just so we know we're ready to hit the ground running if you know as soon as things start changing um yeah and then you know getting to the mix obviously everything came in right at the end uh we spent a lot of time trying to get the music to sound the way it has sounded which it's turned out amazing according to me um because you know it's a movie about hip hop and i mean and you know it should the music needs to sound amazing and obviously as you know what things mixed for stereo still need a lot of work to sound as as good in um in the cinema mix and the main thing really is that this kind of music doesn't have that many layers if you think about it um sort of rap generally is sort of kick hi hat and vocal there may not be a snare there may be a snare um you know so what do you do with it there's not that much to send around the room there's not much to send to the left and right at times because your kick is central yeah your hi hats are kind of left right and then you've got your vocal um and there's you know the, everything else is just a little bit of embellishment so it's a very very bare mix but that's kind of what this kind of music is about um so it was a case of uh, just getting that feel and balance right of just you know like i mean probably spend a lot of time on the kick yeah. background score is easy because there's so many layers um but if you think about if you listen to any of the songs on that there's not that much going on you know but it's all about it's it, again it's been a very interesting experience because you i it's just you realize hip hop again it's it's so much more about the words man i mean i know every song is about the words right but it's you know pop and rock and whatever is produced it has layers can can have layers and layers whereas you realize hip hop is so much about the voice the voice from the streets as they say <laughs> that's right um all right so that kind of wraps up my questions for gully boy you know i like to ask this question to all of my guests before we mm. uh, wrap up the podcast is there any advice you'd like to give to someone who's just starting out think about the drama not about the sound effect it's 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 a tough line you can get so obsessed with the sound and forget the story at times because um sometimes just doing some crazy sound design is so much fun uh, that you haven't had a time to step back and you know say hey what's the scene doing you know what's going on here is is what i'm doing helping the scene uh which is something we face in every film isn't it we put so much stuff on there and you don't realize that subconsciously in your mind you're keeping things there because you worked really hard on them and not because it's you know what i mean yeah that's why mixing your own films are difficult that's why in a way cutting your own recordings are difficult you know because in subconscious like you have to have that objectivity in your mind to say you know what i'm going to delete all of this i think it's the hardest thing to do and it's i still do it every single time like when is a good time to press the delete button and say it's not working and when is a good time to say actually i can use this on another project maybe you know yeah so just export it and keep it all right that's mm. some 
really good advice so uh, thank you so much ayush thank for you. being a part of this podcast thanks very much it's been great and to all of you all who plugged in thank you so much for listening if you like the podcast let me know and if you didn't like it then definitely let me know this is aditya adav signing off until next time bye